Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. There's a story today that, you know, I have to do it. Texas jury rules against divorced dad trying to stop seven-year-old son's gender transition. Okay. Wait a minute. Let me read it again. A Texas jury has ruled against a dad seeking custody of his twin seven-year-old sons in his attempt to stop one of the boys from transitioning his gender. Now, first of all, I'm not going to use the word gender. It's an inappropriate and mistaken use of the word gender. The word is sex. Number one, gender would apply to a thing like a a flower. We're talking about the changing of a sex of a seven-year-old boy. The Dallas panel denied Jeffrey Younger's petition for sole custody of his sons Jude and James, which came as the boy's mom is pushing for James to begin hormone replacement therapy. Now, the mom is a pediatrician, by the way. To me, a pediatrician who is doing this belongs in a mental hospital. But the mom, pediatrician Ann George Goulas, contends that the seven-year-old boy is transgender. He likes wearing dresses and prefers to be identified as Luna according to the Texan. Now, I would say that there are boys who like to wear dresses and be known as girls, play with dolls. That happens. And I would say that there are boys who might be sort of transgender-ish. But I think that today we're going to discuss this topic rationally on this program. Is there not a legal age for drinking alcohol in most states? Say yes. Is there not a legal age for driving in most states? Say yes. Is there not an age below which you cannot be enlisted into the military? Say yes. So we all agree that children are not capable of making rational decisions with regard to their uh, life and their future. Would we all say yes to that? Yes. So if it applies to driving, drinking, military recruitment and whatnot, why should it not also apply to uh, hormone replacement therapy or gender assignment surgery, whatever you may call this? this mutilation and madness, to children. Why should parents be able to mutilate their children without the child being of a legal age where the child himself or herself can make a rational decision and say, I've changed, I've grown up, I no longer like to play with dolls and wear dresses? Tell me, should there be an age, a legal age for performing transgender surgery? Of course there should be. Now tied into, see I say of course like it makes sense to me, because it does. Most of you say yes, but why, why is this going on? Well, because the radical fringes of the homosexual community, the radical fringes of the liberal community, the radical fringes of the violence community have all taken control of many legislatures across America. They're violent, they're vicious, they're malicious, and they don't stop. They're relentless. Here's another story out of England tied into this. Christian doctor of 30 years loses job for refusing to use transgender patients' preferred pronoun. Now, here's a man 56 years of age, fired from the National Health Service because he would not use a transgender pronoun, saying he believes, quote, gender is defined by biology and genetics, and the Bible teaches us that God made humans male or female. Now, this is in England. This week, the doctor lost his case before an employment tribunal in England, and tribunal, where the judge ruled his beliefs were incompatible with human dignity. A judge says his Christian beliefs are incompatible with human dignity. Now, just follow the arc of the insanity of the left. Today, they're saying this. Tomorrow, they'll feed them to the lions. This is how it ended up in ancient Rome. So here's a man who is fired after 30-some-odd years as a doctor because he wouldn't call a woman a man, a man a woman. But he said that he's going to fight them. But the Tribunal of Psychos in England wrote this in their decision. Quote, belief in Genesis 127, lack of belief in transgenderism, belief in and conscientious objection to transgenderism, in our judgment, are incompatible with human dignity and conflict with the fundamental rights of others, specifically here, transgender individuals. Okay, I'll I'll hold off on my editorializing for a moment. 
The doctor intends to fight. He says, I believe that I have to appeal in order to fight for the freedom of Christians and any other NHS member or staff to speak the truth. He said, if they cannot, then freedom of speech has died in this country with serious ramifications for the practice of medicine in the UK. I think we need to hear from Dr. David Makareth. My great staff has pulled a soundbite for you. Here is a Christian doctor of 30 years fired for refusing to use transgender patients' preferred pronouns in his own words. Let's hear O1. Nobody's ever in my training in all my medical practice for, uh, uh, say, being qualified for more than 30 years, uh, nobody has ever told me that it was wrong to use pronouns according to biological sex. This is just the way we use them, and it seems normal, it seems natural, it seems important uh, to do that. That's biological. Um, we don't, when a child's born, say, oh, well, it's got male genitalia, but we don't know what sex it is yet. I don't think parents would put up with that. I hope parents wouldn't put up with that. Well, they are putting up with it in California. In fact, I would think if Gavin Newsom is not stopped shortly and put into a, a, an asylum, it could be very soon that the mad governor passes such a law. Go on in clip two. Let's listen to this. There's the integrity of the medical profession. But what we're being asked to do now is so contrary to sound reason. Um, it, it really, I really do believe that a profession such as the medical profession, which depends upon its intellectual integrity, its academic rigor, cannot maintain that um, once it starts to embrace arguments which are contrary to reason, contrary to even the basic principles of logic. So big has this become that you can't just compartmentalize it to one part of medicine. Isn't it wonderful to hear a rational doctor like this, a man who can speak so logically and clearly? Wouldn't you want this doctor to treat you? I would. I would trust him to treat me. I would submit to his judgment in terms of my medical care because he's a reasonable, logical, educated man. And here is what has happened because of uber-liberalism. Ultra-liberalism has destroyed everything it has touched and it's only just begun. And where did this start with? Well, let's go to clip three and hear what the good doctor has to say as to how it began. Let's hear it. In 1967, when the Abortion Act came in, many Christian doctors moved to areas of medicine where they wouldn't be affected by that. And in many ways, that's what I've done. There are a few very brave, very courageous Christian doctors who stayed in those areas and they fought their case, and I thank God for them. But in this situation, there will be nowhere in any branch of medicine um, for doctors or nurses or anybody else, nowhere in any branch of medicine, and that's just medicine, not the other professions, where you can run from this. Either we are going to have to go along with this, this crazy way of thinking, or we're going to have to get out. Well, let's pause at that point. I'll go back to my primary question because I'd like to engage the listener. British doctor fired after 30 years for refusing to use gender pronouns for trans patients. Okay. But the story before that was a Texas jury ruling against a divorced dad trying to stop his seven-year-old son from being mutilated by his pediatrician wife who wants to turn him into a little girl. I ask you, and it's a slam-dunk answer. I'd actually, I'd like to hear someone who says no, is what i like to argue with. I say there should be a legal age for performing a hormone replacement therapy. Pardon me, hormone replacement therapy. There should be a minimum age like 18 before you're allowed to do that to a child, okay? Tell me an argument... To the contrary, is there someone out there who can tell me why a seven-year-old or a five-year-old or a four-year-old has the wisdom and the knowledge of his own or her own body to say, yes, I am a girl when he's born a boy, or yes, I am a boy when he's born a girl, and I want my gene, I want my body changed. Tell me how they can figure that out. I'd like to discuss it with you rationally because I'm a reasonable person. Texas jury rules against divorce. They're trying to stop seven-year-old son's gender transition. Originally, I saw it in the New York Post. It's on michaelsavage.com. And the wife is a nutcase because hormone therapy not only changes the sex of the boy, but can cause infertility. It carries other potential health risks, ranging from hair loss to blood clots. According to all medical journals, I guess they can be now expunged. I suppose anyone publishes science which shows hormone therapy can do this is some kind of a sexist or something. Now, the doctor wife, the doctor wife, the nut job, got a letter of recommendation for the boy to receive a full psychological assessment for gender dysphoria and potentially take hormone blockers. The Washington Examiner reported the father strongly opposes this. 
the battle landed in the courts when the mother, the crazed mother doctor, filed suit to restrict her ex-husband's contact with the children and required that he refer to his little boy James as Luna and keep the boy away from those who refused to do the same. So the father responded by petitioning the court for sole custody of the boys with expert witnesses testifying that James's identity is still very much in flux. Let's pause right there. Would you not agree with me that a seven-year-old may have a sexual identity in flux? Isn't that what's called development? Didn't this used to be called development? Development? Dr. Benjamin Albritton, according to the examiner, says there is still some fluidity in his thinking. Neither child appears to be depressed, anxious, or aggressive. Uh, witnesses on Younger's behalf included friends who testified that James always goes by James and opts for boys' clothing whenever he's in the care of his father, even when girls' clothing is available. So you see what's going on here? Uh-huh. You get this? The mother is a crazy woman who herself should be stripped of her medical license, in my humble opinion, and put into a prison for child sexual abuse and endangerment. Anyone disagree with me? Give me a call at 855-407-282. Let's have the Civil War right now. Let us have this verbal civil war right now. You know, there's a new study out which says 70% of Americans believe we're on the brink of a civil war. Seven in 10 say USA on edge of civil war. All right. Uh, I'm a philosopher and a seer. In 2013, I wrote a book, Stop the Coming Civil War. I saw this was coming. And I don't know what the ultimate flashpoint is going to be. It's not going to be a thing like this. It will be something we don't even anticipate that will trigger a civil war in this country. The left has gone too far at every level. The left is violent. The left has not stopped in its relentless desire to reshape everyone's uh, mind, and the people are snapping from it. And I want to know when this will break down. But I want to talk about the issue that I raised on the Savage Nation. Now, that's not going to be the whole show. It's an important part of the show, doing this to a child. There are other stories that I'm going to get to. Even the L.A. Times is calling Newsom too far out. Even they are saying that Governor Brown in California was a libertarian compared to the nutcase that's running the, the state right now. That's the L.A. Times now. He's losing them. He's losing half the legislature with his absurd move to the left. Now, what about the case of the one with the big teeth who's uh, half uh, donkey and half girl in New York, half cortex, the communist girl? Half cortex says hurricanes are caused by white people in order to hurt black and brown people. I'm not making it up. She's a sitting congresswoman in the Democrat Party. Hurricanes are caused by white people to hurt people of color. And you vote for these people? You don't understand that you're just as crazy as they are by keeping them in office? I rest my case. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Are you looking for a new way to start the day? How about daily prayer? 48% of Americans say they pray every day. Did you know daily prayer can help you reduce stress, anxiety, and depression? Daily prayer improves your cognitive function, lowers blood pressure, and helps with better decision-making. When we have a strong daily and nightly prayer routine, we're more grateful throughout our days and are more relaxed and sleep better throughout the night. Both anxiety and sleep deficiency can do serious damage to your brain and your body. High stress and lack of sleep make you more prone to accidents, weight gain, and depression. With Pray.com, You'll discover a new daily and nightly prayer routine, as well as inspirational Bible stories designed to strengthen your faith, lift your spirit. Pray.com gives you motivational daily prayer plans, private and inclusive prayer communities, and relaxing bedtime Bible stories that will help you fall asleep. Hear the Bible come to life through stories like Adam and Eve, Noah and the Ark, and the Ten Commandments as a part of your daily prayer routine on Pray.com. Use Pray.com to build a healthy habit of prayer, gain wisdom from the Bible, and fall asleep to bedtime Bible stories. Right now, my listeners get 40% off a Pray.com premium subscription by downloading the Pray.com app at Pray.com slash Savage Nation. You got it? Get it. P-R-A-Y dot com slash Savage Nation. P-R-A-Y dot com slash Savage Nation. Over 50 million prayers have been created on Pray.com. Why don't you find out why at Pray.com slash Savage Nation. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Syria's over already. Trump uh, won. 
It's over. Wonderful. Turkey got 30 miles of land by only killing a few Kurds and uh, gassing a few people. Pat Robertson's calling Trump Neville Chamberlain, but we, we're not going to talk about Syria. Great, great success for the world. Uh, civil wars breaking out in uh, Greece because the EU is trying to dump Muslim migrants into Greek villages. Can you believe the insanity of this world? The, the, the psychopaths on the left are taking Muslims with headscarves and dumping them into a Greek village. And the Greeks are stoning the buses. Greeks have a little remembrance of what Muslims did to them. But apparently those in the EU could care less. And the whole world somehow is tilted on its axis. But let's stick to the down home here. Seven-year-old boy being uh, given hormone therapy by a psychopathic, crazy mother who's a pediatrician, no less. Yet she says he wants to be a girl. Father tries to sue and loses. Uh, I will tell you, it's not the fact that I understand reality and there's biology and then there's psychology and then there's sociology. But uh, my main argument is that there should be a minimum age at which you can do this to a child, like let's say 18, so the child itself can make some informed decision about, about its future. Would, would you argue with that? Or you would say that the child knows at seven what it is? San Jose John says the child should be able to do it at any age, is that it? No, I didn't say any such thing. However, seven years old does seem rather young, but you knew what you were at uh, that age, I'm sure. Well, what are you bringing me into it for? We're having a generic conversation. Okay, generic conversation. I think that, that woman is kind of a whack job, though, the doctor. I okay, do. well, what's, what's your main point? The child should get the, the injection? I think it's, I think it's um, not beyond the realm of possibility that the child is correct and knows what they want. Not that, but the mother seems to be kind of out there. Yeah, but the child doesn't know what it wants. My point is you should be 18 years old before they do this to a kid. Well, my, my child's um, currently 16 years old and has been on testosterone um, for the last, well, six months now. But um, I made sure we got, went through quite a few steps prior to getting to that. Wait, wait. And you have a, a biological daughter who wants to be a boy? Is that what you're saying? Biological daughter who, who yeah, we'll, we'll say that. My daughter doesn't want All right, to be I'm just trying to talk in the way I know. I, I can't twist my brain around to make everyone feel good. You have a girl who was born, and you're trying to make, he wants to, she wants to be a boy, so you're putting him on, on testosterone. How old is this child? Uh, just turned 16. I think the minimum age should be 18 before anyone could do that to a child. My child is going to be getting probably uh, at 18. I made him wait till 18 to, for the top surgery. Okay. I, I, this is going to go in the wrong direction, but let's go for it. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. It's a very serious topic. I say there should be a minimum legal age for performing transgender surgery or hormone therapy like 18 years of age because of the stories that we are seeing. And I don't know any argument to the contrary. Children do not know who they are, generally. They don't know what they are, generally. That's called development. They've got to develop. There used to be a subject called developmental psychology. Adolescent psychology, why do you think it was called uh, child psychology? Adolescent psychology, why? Because their brains are different than adults. They don't know all about themselves, let alone the world. Forget the world for a minute. We're talking about just what they are. I'll give you an example. Again, I'll go for my own life example. Life 101, Michael Savage version. Eight, nine years old, kids in the neighborhood, Queens, New York. Uh, one kid thought he was Superman. I don't know where he got the idea, but he thought he was Superman. The mother bought him a Superman costume, so therefore he, knows, he knew he was Superman. Threw himself down a flight of stairs, thought he could fly. I don't know, broke every bone in his body. It was a neighborhood tragedy and a big discussion in, in Queens, 173rd Street. I don't know where it was. The kid was always a little off. He was always a little on a bug job. No one picked on him, but he was always a bugger. Everyone knew that. There's kids who were you know, a little marginal, a little nutty. So now what I'm trying to get at is he didn't know that he wasn't Superman, but he needed adult supervision to explain to him that Superman was a fictional character. Now let's that apply this, boys and girls, to the whole issue of sexual confusion, uh, which they now have given a, a medical name so they can cash in on it. 
the quacks who cut them open and take off the schmendrick and turn it into a girl or, or sew a schmendrick on a girl and make her into a boy. This, to me, is, again, uh, an example of a, a combination of insanity and greed uh, combined. But I think we should all agree that there should be a minimum age that <clears throat> applies for any kind of hormone therapy for children or for surgery to change their sex, and that should be 18 years of age, minimum. Kids seven, eight, nine don't know what they are. They could change. And many people, by the way, who have gone through this as adults wish they didn't. There is a huge wave that you're not seeing because of the people in the news media who want to go along with the left-wing philosophy on every level, if you want to even dignify it as a philosophy. Uh, there's a huge backlash amongst people who have been hoodwinked into this whole sexual dysphoria nonsense who wish to God they could transition back to their biological sex, only in the cases of those who've had the Schmendrick cut off, it's too late. They don't even save them in a Schmendrick banquet in San Francisco. So if you cut it off, and San Francisco could at least create a dry ice bank for a Schmendry that would be uh, sir, saved and put a name on it, a number, a license, not, what, then you get it back after. I don't, they don't have that. I don't know whether they give it to the other sex to use. I don't know what they do with the old Schmendry. I have no idea. I don't think they can be saved and reused like an old baloney. I don't really know. Now, there's another topic that's worth getting into. The, the sicko, the half donkey, half girl, occasional cortex, is arguing that it's white people who are responsible, and, and colonialism for hurricanes that kill minorities. You have to listen to this person who belongs in a mental hospital. Listen to 05. Do we see largely that it's the global south and communities of color that may be bearing the brunt of the initial havoc from climate change? Let's stop Without right there. Hold it. Listen to that question. Do we see largely that it's the global south and communities of color that may be bearing the brunt of the initial havoc from climate change? Hey, girl, can I explain to you the hurricanes generally occur in warm climates, you stupid idiot, you? Hurricanes generally occur in warm climates, moron. It's a product of the science of climate, moron. I don't understand this. I understand how she got elected. It was by 4,000 votes. But I don't understand how Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper could ever play a soundbite from this, this, this psychopath. How could they not laugh at her and tell her she's that stupid? So she goes on some podcast run by the left wing by someone named Mustafa Ali. Anyone with a name like Mustafa Ali, you know who that is? He answers her, says, oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You want to hear this again? Global South and communities of color that may be bearing the brunt of the initial havoc from climate change. It's not to do with geography. It's not to do with climate science. It's got to do with racism that the climate's hitting them. You hear this? Ah, look, I... You know, I ask myself every day, why try to unravel the insanity of the world? It's, it really has gone insane. And it's getting worse, not better. When you see Gavin Newsom passing 700 bills since he was elected, most of them so extreme that even the liberal L.A. Times is saying he's gone too far. And half the legislature, which is crackpot anyway in California, saying, what the hell is he doing? You have to ask yourself, how much more can the people take in this country? But let me take some callers. You know, I don't have enough time really to take to bring. I have so many good topics and I have so many good sound bites. And then I have so many good callers. Uh, I want to go to some of the callers. Michigan, Jeff, which topic are you calling on, uh, Jeff? Yeah, I'm, on this topic about the child. I have yep. a doctorate in this field. I got it from Berkeley in this top, and this was my field. Uh, it's outrageous what the mother's doing, by the way. She's doing this to show her friends how woke she is. I mean, uh, you could. Oh, oh, how woke! Did you say how woke she is? That's the That's phrase. Woke. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. The how woke she is. You mean how whacked she is? It's cruelty. Your PhD is in neuroendocrinology. Neuroendocrinology. Fine. A couple of years before you. So, what are you doing in Michigan? Uh, I was a professor here. I retired a few years ago. Uh, that was my field. I'm saying this story. Let me tell you something. I mean, this court, I'm sure, ruled on some legal matter. I mean, I don't think they addressed this. But the mother uh, is outrageous. It's completely. Well, the mother is a pediatrician who should have her license revoked for doing this to her own child, don't you think? I, 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 among other things. But it, yeah, maybe maybe thrown into a jail for, for doing this to a kid. You know, but the, she says the boy likes dresses. 
when he's with her, but the father says he likes boys' clothes when he's with him. Obviously, she is warping this child, isn't she? She hates she hates men. The woman hates men, and she's taking it out on her son. I think it could be some dynamic with the ex-husband for sure. Yeah, yeah. That on the kid and the- how is Michigan? Well, where are you in Michigan? In the peninsula? Where are you? In a nice area? Where are you retired now, Jeff? I stayed in Michigan. My grandkids are here. And no, but where? Where? What part of it? Uh, around Detroit. I was in Michigan for forty years, a professor. Oh, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. Is it is it uh, livable or? Uh... Uh, any it, 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 it's your attitude. It's you know what I'm trying to say. It's uh, it's little, yeah. It's not it's how you want to choose to deal with it. And ah uh, 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 it's like me sidestepping the. Yeah. It's like me in San Francisco. I have rose colored glasses on as I sidestep the human feces. Well, for you, you got more sunlight. But the point is, the people <laughs> are crazier. You know, I tell you, every morning I get up and I feed some seagulls. I live near the water. And I feed seagulls leftover bread, and they're like, they become my pets. I watch them grow up and fly away. Then I see the babies come along, the baby seagulls. You know, and I realized some of those moments are the happiest moments of my life without human beings just feeding birds. Do you know that? Going on. Oh, I agree. All right. Well, look, it's a crazy world, and the question is how do we deal with this? Here's another great caller out of Michigan. Here's another one. I don't know. Maybe there's something good in the air in Michigan. Lynn in Michigan. Lynn in Michigan on line eight. What's your topic, please? Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, same thing with the with the um, the kid. Yep. I just have a theory. I'm just I'm just wondering if this is a new type of manifestation of Munchausen by proxy. Now, hold on, hold on. People have forgotten about Munchausen, the Munchausen syndrome. Why don't you explain to the American people on this radio program um, what Munchausen by proxy is? Right. So it's where the mother sort of manifests a disease or illness or sickness on a child. And in particular, sometimes it can be extreme and they can poison the child. Um, but the whole point is to get attention. So I feel like in this. So they, so they make the child sick because they themselves are sick. That's right. So I feel like this is just a, a new, different manifestation of that where you make the child sick by having this gender dysphoria. Okay, so she buys him dresses and dolls and has his hair done and puts lipstick on him and says, you're a beautiful girl, and the boy probably goes along with it to please mommy. And then she says, see, he wants to be a girl. So I feel like... Oh, okay, where does this all end? It's a mental health issue it, here. It, where does it end? Where does it end? It's a mental health issue for the pediatrician. That's what it is. She belongs in a bug house. Now, let's go to a piece of news here on the Savage Nation. Yesterday... Finally, Republicans stood up to Adam Schiff's fascism uh, and Nancy Pelosi's uh, uh, Mussoliniism, both of whom are holding meetings in secret, secret witnesses, star chambers, which, of course, it is. But Pelosi comes from that kind of uh, psychology of fascism and uh, star chamber. That's what she likes. That's where she thrives is no discussion, no debate, just fascism in a star chamber. That's the Democrat way. So finally, a group of Republicans start to pound on the door and say, let us in. We have a right to ask these guys questions, the so-called fake witnesses. I want you to listen to the montage here in clip seven. Listen to this. A shocking scene today on Capitol Hill, one that some Democrats say resembled a mob. I mean, these congressmen today rushing into a secure briefing like a mob. In this country, we have the rule of law, not a rule by mob. Republicans on the Hill stage a flash mobs when they're not flash mobbing. Acted like a mob. Uh, it looked like a kind of a mob party. Had that mob mentality. I don't know what good that news cycle did them because they looked like such jerks. Those white guys, those middle-aged, boring, nerdy-looking white guys. You just saw a bunch of white men, and I just thought to myself, this is not what America looks like right now. What happened yesterday was a high school prank by a bunch of 50-year-old white men. These pathetic weenies walking down that step like lemmings. Looks like a protest outside a pharmacy that ran out of Viagra. The closest thing to, quote, civil unrest that they have ever seen. Have you ever seen anything like nope. what Congressman Gates did today? Of obnoxious political behavior, this ranks high. How pathetic. Yeah. And Will and I were just talking. Okay, so these just are the psychopathic liberals in the media who are upset with the Republicans for wanting an open hearing. They're calling them the mob. They're calling them psychopathic. And then they're getting racist while they are doing it. You know, if you don't know which side you are on and you keep hearing a put down of white men, mob, white men, mob, white men, mob, mob, white men, 
when all they wanted was an open hearing and a fair hearing, then you, my friends, ought to look in the mirror because you have become your own worst enemy. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. It is the Savage Nation. We're losing freedom of speech because of the left-wing animals in the media and in Congress. Free speech no longer exists in academia. It was destroyed many years ago when the radicals took over the universities and now spread to the vermin in the media. It spread into Congress where they're holding secret hearings, secret witnesses, no media present. And you got people saying that's great. That's the way it should be. No, it's not great. It's illegal. It's not American. Then you have situations such as a complete moron like Half Cortex, a former bartender. Again, I say it with some reserve because I met bartenders who were very smart. This one is a stupid bartender, just a dumb girl who was a bartender who used the racial rhetoric that launched her uh, with the 4,000-vote superiority over her other candidate and became became a congresswoman with a 4,000-vote margin. Half cortex, you've seen her around, the one who looks like a combination of a jackass and a girl. And she uses her Hispanic dual last name as a weapon against everybody else. She proudly uses her Hispanic hyphenated last name as a weapon to beat people up, like that makes us superior. The superior virtue of the oppressed never impressed me, by the way. I read Bertrand Russell too long ago to be impressed with the superior virtue of the oppressed. But apparently it works uh, wonders in, uh, in some, some circles. So she says white areas and colonialism are responsible for hurricanes uh, that hit uh, southern hem- the southern hemisphere. Okay, let's move on. What else do I have for you? Well, uh, Ukraine, I don't even want to say the word. I told you I'm not interested in Ukraine. When did Ukraine become so critical to our survival? I love the Democrats saying Trump violated our, weakened our national security by withholding military aid to Ukraine like we so desperately needed military aid to Ukraine. Suddenly Ukraine, Ukraine, my crane, his crane. All of a sudden Ukraine is going to save us from a nuclear war. Ukraine, Ukraine. They're all experts Ukraine. No one knew Ukraine a year ago. It was Russia. Now it's Ukraine. Ukraine. The only thing I know about Ukraine, as I said to you two weeks ago, are piroshkis. My mother used to make them. She called them varenikas. They were stuffed with potatoes and onions, and I loved them. That's the last I was involved with anything to do with Ukraine. God bless people from Ukraine. Big, strapping, hulking, strong people. Great boxers like the Russians. There must be something about the borscht in that area that produces such phenomenal fighters. I actually am trying to figure it out. Why are Russians and Ukrainians such great fighters these days? I mean, the the Hispanics and the black people have been in the ring a long time, and they're really great fighters. We know that. Now along comes like a super race of Caucasians challenging them in the last 10 years that no one ever expected to happen. And they go head-to-head, fist-to-fist, and they're strong as iron. What is it about the Ukraines and the Russians, I wonder, other than the borscht and the shav? I don't understand what it is. The vodka? No, no, no. Come on, it can't be the vodka. It must be the potato skins. This is the Savage Nation, back for another hour. Be here or be nowhere. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I was ahead of the curve, always am, always have been, always will be. While I'm here on the earth, published a best-selling book called Stop the Coming Civil War in 2013. And now we see a headline that, I don't know where the headline is, but it's saying that uh, 68% of Americans predict a civil war, which is frightening. We're already in the civil war. Seven out of 10 in USA on edge of civil war. Seven in 10 say USA is on the edge of a civil war. 
Now, Jake Tapper, for example, has been on the front lines of the Civil War against civility ever since they took this moron from a busboy's job somewhere in Shanks Paramount and made him into a news star with fake glasses and a wig. I, I don't know where they get these people from. I don't know how they create and fabricate these, these puppets of hate. But puppets of hate they are, and the puppets of hate are stirring up hatred in the country like we've never seen. I've never seen anything like this. And then we see combined with that, uh, the uh, majority of Americans want to rewrite First Amendment to stop hate speech. Now, as you well know, one man's hate speech is the other man's freedom of speech. Uh, and as you well know, if you've listened to my show for any number of years, the great Winston Churchill said that, um, well, he didn't say it because there's no First Amendment in England. I think I said it. The uh, First Amendment was written to protect offensive speech. I'm a real expert in the subject. I'm the number one expert on this subject in the world because I am banned from entering England owing to things I said and allegedly said. I am still unable to enter that great nation. And uh, it's still a problem for me. It's more of a problem for them than it is for me because I was never going to go over there and stir up any hatred. But the cowards and the sadists of the left in the Labour Party said I was, and they banned me from entering England. And that was in 09. So now America suddenly is waking up to the fact that Americans in a majority want to re revise the First Amendment to stop hate speech. And a large percentage of them are the morons, the millennials. 51% of millennials want fines or jail time for hate speech. 51% of the idiots. Can you believe this? 51% want the First Amendment rewritten. And the young ones are the biggest and most dangerous of the trend toward fascism. Nearly 60% of so-called millennials, re respondents between the ages of 21 and 38, agree that the Constitution, quote, goes too far in allowing hate speech in modern America and should be rewritten compared to 48% of Gen X, blah, 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 blah. Now, American hostility to the First Amendment did not stop at speech. Many would also like to see a crackdown on the free press. Can you believe what, what this country is becoming? Nearly 60% of respondents agree that the government should be able to take action against newspapers and TV stations that publish content that is biased, inflammatory, or false. Well, I would say everything in newspapers and TV stations could be declared as such, as such. The poll was released two days after two University of Connecticut students were arrested for saying racial slurs in a viral video. 21-year-old kids, and they were arrested for it in the, in the once great state of Connecticut. Again, I want to remind you that the First Amendment was written to protect unpopular speech. We do not need a First Amendment to protect polite speech. Polite speech needs no protections. It's impolite speech that needs such protections. You understand that? So now it's reaching a point where if you don't use the proper gender pronoun for a trans person, you can lose your job. It happened to a doctor in England. If you missed that story, it'll be on my podcast later on. Uh, and we have uh, related topics that we're going to talk about now, mainly this issue of the Civil War that is brewing. Also yesterday, uh, Zuckerberg was attacked by someone who was not fit to tie his shoelaces or let us say shiny shoes, this crazy liberal, half cortex, pulls him into Congress and starts to attack Zuckerberg. Do we have the clips of him and her going at each other? Robert, play one of them. Let's see what this sounds like with half cortex and Zuckerberg. Where would that be? That would be a clip, uh, clip whatever. Can you explain why you've named The Daily Caller, a publication uh, well-documented with ties to white supremacists as an official fact checker for Facebook? Congresswoman, sure. We actually don't appoint the independent fact checkers. They go through an independent organization called the Independent Fact Checking Network that has a rigorous standard for who they allow to, uh, to serve as a fact checker. Well, for that moment, the donkey went and ate some apples. I think that she gave her some carrots and she left the chambers to munch on some carrot, carrot greens because she didn't know what she was talking about. Then it gets even worse. Text Rep. Al Green, whoever that is, attack Zuckerberg because he doesn't know how many LGBT workers are working on Libra. Now, why do I care? Why should anyone care how many LGBT workers are working on anything? I thought that was an issue of privacy. But here goes the radical leftist Congressman Green in 15. Let's hear this one. And is it true that 
global corporations make up the association? Congressman, the, the association is made of uh, today, 21 companies and nonprofit organizations as well. Of the 21, how many oh. are headed by women? women? Uh, Congressman, I do not know the answer to that off the top of my head, but I can get you, it for you. How many of them are minorities, Mr. Zuckerberg? I, I can't take this. Congressman, I, I, not, I do I'm, I'm listening to Nazism. These leftists are sounding more and more and more like Stalinists or in Hitler, Germany. With these leading questions, what the hell is going on in this country that so many evil people have taken so many positions in Congress? Where did this, how did this happen so quickly? But that goes to the big issue here of the coming civil war. That goes to the issue of erasing sex, erasing white people from the map, putting down people who are fed up with secret hearings and calling them a bunch of white, rowdy white men. You know how racist and offensive that is? Do you understand that these are fighting words? Do you realize the left is provoking the white people in this country into a possible conflagration that they'll regret for the rest of their lives? Do you understand something here? I have to say it again. It's a very difficult thing for me to say. You can only push people around so long and so far until a terrible thing happens. I don't know what the flashpoint will be. I don't know if it should be, but I know it, it will happen. Something is going to happen that's going to set this country off like a torch because the left will not stop in their relentless desire to destroy the white race, to destroy the white male, particularly the heterosexual Christian white male, and to destroy all remnants of decency in the streets of America. That's a complete paragraph. Write it down and send it to the FCC. Do me a favor. Send it to the FCC and deconstruct what I just said and see if there's anything in it that's offensive. If there is anything in it that I said that's offensive, it's because you are offensive. Stan in Virginia, line four. Go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. What's your topic? My topic, Michael, is it's possible that uh, you might be uh, mistaken in the sense that um, you're believing, you're allowing your passion to overcome the first rule of chess, which is basically that your opponent might be doing this on purpose and pushing this just for that reason and allowing that spark that you're discussing now to be the reason to basically use it as a force against us uh, for So for you're, you're saying that the radical left government media complex is using this hatred and provoking of white people to provoke a spark to uh, provoke white people into a riot or into a, or some kind of war? Is that what you're getting at? No question, but I would not limit it to any particular race or any particular feature. This is so widespread. The characterization that you've basically passed on for all these months is building. It is extreme. But the mistake that we might be doing is allowing all of us to be impassioned as well. We need to remain calm. We need to remain decent. And we need to allow their tactics to be seen widespread for what they are. And they are tested that exact opposite side. And I would. I think that you're very reasonable and very measured. And I think you're right. But you and I are reasonable men. Uh, we can be provoked and control our emotions, but there are many who are less controllable than we are. And they're the ones that I think we should be concerned about. But through words and words, words matter, but these are just words. Uh, characterizing the actions that were taken on the Hill to the extreme, certain individuals like Gavin Newsom taking things that any decent person would consider to be wrong, using the standard of reasonableness you've passed that on you're a very impassioned man however when i'm the most passionate i can make a mistake because i allow that fury to stop my thinking and that is this is they are well resourced they have so what is it you, i think you're arguing they want a civil war so they can crack down and control the population is that what you're saying no i believe they want a spark and they want an event not a civil war but this would be the catalyst for them to take action. And I believe the Second Amendment is their absolute number one attack. Ah, well, Newsom has already constrained free speech. Next, he's already constrained the First and Second Amendments. He may as well go for all of them. That's just California. I'm talking about it from a from a national perspective. And they're allowing it to remain second or third burner until there's a significant enough spark or a large enough event to make that their play. 
it's pretty grim times when a poll shows 60 or 70 percent of Americans expect a civil war in the country, don't you think? Yes. But what can, what, tell me what could stop this. Tell me if the momentum is moving in the direction of such a showdown between left and right. Tell me what can stop it. What can stop it is things and people like you that actually shows a counter position and that, as you as you've highlighted, patience. You, you just use the word decency. You use the word to counter their positions, to show them for what they are. When extreme positions and individuals speak and shout and mischaracterize events, having that displayed for public to see and allow them to make and deduce their own outcome is the way that we can remain calm. And then we do it in the voting booth, Michael. You know that. Well, how many years have I been on the radio? 26 years this March. And what have I said? If they take away the ballot box, people are going to go to the ammo box. They have stolen our vote on many levels. To me, it began with a judge in the state of California named Felton Henderson, who was still living, causing havoc. He came from the ACLU and he overrode the votes of six million Californians who wanted fairness in hiring. And he said, no race shall prevail. That was the beginning of the end of the state of California. One man. One man rule struck away the votes of six million people. And as a result, we now have a torrent of illegal aliens who are voting with impunity in the state because of demagogues uh, such as Pelosi, Feinstein, Newsom, the entire Democrat rat pack lives off the vote of the illegal alien, while the tax paying Californian, for example, and the same is true in many other states, has no voice anymore. There's no longer any voice for them. So I don't have the answer for it. Many people say, let it happen. Stop mass hysteria. America's insanity from the Salem witch trials to the Trump witch hunt. Michael Savage. I tried another book. And there's only so much any writer or thinker can do in a society when it gets this crazy. And I don't know uh, if it can be stopped when you have such committed zealots on the left who want, as you say, a civil war. I don't know what's going to stop them. Tell me what's going to stop these people from pushing it. I don't have an answer. And the lack of civility in our streets. Tell me what's going to straighten that out. When is Pelosi going to be forced to answer for the violence in the streets of San Francisco? She lives on Pacific Heights with Feinstein. They live up there in a big tower. Don't they ever walk in the streets and see what's going on down on Market Street? Do they walk through the streets and see the human refuse, the degeneracy and the hatred and the violence on BART? Do they see any of this? Why are they not forced to answer for it? Well, okay, I've asked the questions. Do I have the answers? Yes, I do. I have the answers, and I try to make the answers here on the show. And I want to say again, I'm doing a little talk next Tuesday night that's sold out in a private venue. Life as a conservative in, San, in liberal San Francisco it should be quite fun. And I chose my beloved but imperfect town of San Francisco because, like Voltaire, I like to live close to those whose behavior I lampoon. And I'm going to be giving this talk to the sold-out audience. Many of you wanted to attend but cannot, or you live out of state and you, you can't come here. So I hired a great videographer. We got a great sound system. And we are recording the event. And you go to SavageNationLive.com, where you can download the event for up to 30 days after the event at your leisure. You can run five minutes of it and then leave, come back another five minutes. SavageNationLive.com. And my special guest is... Teddy in his waning years. Uh, I didn't know if I'd bring him because he's 16 years old, mostly blind and deaf. And he was on stage with me at my first major event, 7,000 paying fans at the uh, Concord Pavilion. In 2002, he was a little puppy, all black. Well, now he's all gray and he's blind and he's deaf and he's old. And I want him to see the audience one more time. Back in a minute. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. So I, I've, I've tweeted what, what we're talking about just now. Make the minimum age 18 to perform any sex surgery or chemical bombing of children. I found that if I tweet it in advance, uh, there are others in the media who have no creativity whatsoever. They specialize in Mueller, Fusion GPS, Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. Now it's Ukraine. They don't do any show prep. They just simply get up there all day long and they copy me. So I'm not tweeting in advance of my shows now. I'm doing it during or after the show. I do not want to have my intellectual property ripped off by Jumbo. I'm sick and tired of Jumbo stealing my ideas 
and, and, and you know, banging bells while doing so. But let's go to the, the callers out there. God, the time, I only have 38 seconds. How is this possible? I have all these great callers, I have 38 seconds, and I can't do anything right now. But, I, you know, here it comes. This is like not a normal life. If I was at a cafe talking with you, I'd be warming up now to tell you something. But now i got to cut off my, my thinking. And now again, bangity boom, bada bing, bada bum, bada bing, bada bing, bada bing, bada bing, bada bing, bada bing, and then 17 minutes of, of ads. God bless the advertisers. But I don't know how to talk to you right now. I'm going to have to wait till the entire uh, stop set of six minutes is finished with news and weather together. And then when I come back, I'll have a surprise for you on the Savage Nation. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Hey, welcome back to the Savage Nation. Glad you're here. Um, this morning, I'm only doing a few interviews now and again for the new event that's coming up on the 29th. So I one of them I wanted to be on is a, is a great morning show, a drive radio show that airs mainly in Sacramento on station up there and then in other states around the country. There are two guys I know for a long time, Armstrong and Getty. They're great guys, Jack and uh, Joe. And they had me on today to talk about this subject. Why don't we listen in and see what went on? I haven't listened to it. Let's see how it is. There's an event coming up soon called An Evening with Michael Savage. Life as a conservative in San Francisco. Now, the event is actually being there is sold out, but you can watch it as a pay-per-view at michaelsavage.com, and we thought we'd talk to the man himself. Indeed. One of the unique voices in the history of radio, um, whether you love him or hate him, you've got to uh, recognize that he is a brave man who doesn't particularly care whether you agree or not. And in spite of being one of the giants of talk radio, he has been unfailingly kind and generous to us throughout our careers. Michael Savage joins us now. Michael, how are you, sir? God, you have some way of delivering stuff. I'm humbled, man. You're the best. How do you do that? Oh, stop it. What an introduction that was. Holy God. I was raised <laughs> right. Try to be kind. I remember when you didn't didn't you appear on stage with me yep. years and years oh, and yeah. years ago? Yeah. A couple different times. Oh yeah. Yeah, you guys did a great job, and you're doing you're doing great now on KGO locally, right, and across the country. You're syndicated. You know, it's yep. going it's going pretty well. We we just keep grinding. That's all you can do. As you've probably thought at various times, the fact that I get to pay my house payment and feed my family by talking on the radio is a pretty awesome deal. <laughs> yep, it's a long it's a long haul. It's a very tough business in this polarized world we live in, primarily because there's no freedom of speech. The uh, left wing has decided that they should control. Uh, literally all the airwaves, all the print medium, the universities are gone. And uh, if they don't like what you say, they try to shut you down. This is the problem of being, let us say, an independent in San Francisco or a liberal community. What, we don't have freedom of speech? The First Amendment went out the window? When? Right, and I'm sure, because, and you know, this is one of a series of contrasts I want to bring up um, that, that really speak to your life and the shape it's taken but you've lived in the very very liberal bay area as a conservative man or independent man for a very long time have you seen the tone of the conversation change in those years and how it's an interesting question when i first arrived here in 1974 there were two newspapers and they were moderate b plus or b newspapers that they were pretty good well one went now all we have is a mimeograph sheet put out by nancy pelosi or willie brown there is no newspaper in the city. There's no opposition, a position on anything. Libertarianism, gone. You know that Jerry Brown, compared to Governor Newsom, is, is almost conservative, what Newsom has done since he became governor. But there's no opposition permitted, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's changed dramatically. The meanness, the hostility, the hatred, the outright violence of the left is what um, has emerged. And it's leading to... I would say very bad consequences for everyone. Well, it's pretty interesting. You look at some of the college campuses like Berkeley, for instance, you know, some of the, the some of the very homes of the free speech movement who will now no longer let anybody who's to the, you know, slightly to the right of Nancy Pelosi even show up at their campus. It's surprising to me that some of the old hippies that fought for free speech allow that to happen. Well, the old hippies are dead or have Alzheimer's disease or something like that. There are no old hippies anymore. Uh, there's a new generation, a new wave of intolerant people who call themselves liberals, but actually, if you analyze what they are, they are the fascists of our time under the disguise of liberalism. But let's stop fetching about it. What can we do about it other than stand up to them and 
you know, assert our own rights. It's as simple as that. They don't like what we have to say. I don't like what they have to say. That's what makes for, um, I guess, a democracy. It's called disagreement, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, speaking of, of disagreement and contrast and that sort of thing, we understand that you, you wrote on Air Force One with President oh, yeah. Trump recently, which had to be an amazing experience. Yep. Why don't you tell us about that a little bit? Well, I'll tell you what I can. I mean, it was the, it was the zenith or pinnacle of my professional career. I was thrilled to be with the president on Air Force One. Just being on the plane alone was a goal of mine. I'm a, I'm a machinery guy, an equipment man. I love planes. I love cars. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I do like equipment engines, <laughs> this, the roar of the, of the engines alone. But let's say, yeah, okay. I was at a fundraiser for the president in Menlo Park, somewhere up in the hills in Palo Alto, let's say. And uh, he was going to be flying with his, with his, you know, his team, the whole flying White House down to L.A. that very afternoon to another fundraiser. And uh, I asked if I could go. They said, sure, you've got carte blanche. But it wasn't until a few minutes before they were leaving, actually. I was only told 20 minutes before that they could get me on the flight. This was not preplanned. Wow. So, I mean, let's say I have friends in high places. Let's put it that way. They got me on the plane unto itself. It was like walking. It was like Jonah and the whale. Okay, let's put it that way. Jonah and the whale. You walk into the whale, and there's all these people doing things. Everyone's working so hard. They're not like talk show hosts. They actually do things to run the country, to run the departments of defense and whatnot, to make the plane run. They have to work, and they have to do it right. And it was amazing. So I did not know if I'd get to meet the boss. I certainly didn't push. I'm not a pushy guy, not much. But they knew I wanted to see him because I have been very critical of some of the president's positions for a long time. And I don't think he really likes people who disagree with him very much. He respects them, but he doesn't really, you know, want them around him. I mean, like any other leader, I don't think Obama really invited people around him unless they agreed with him. Any great leader. Any leader of any great nation, any leader of anything, doesn't like criticism. I never met one who did. Did you? No, they might claim they do, but it, it makes them bristle. You're right. Okay, so I didn't know if, if he'd want to see me. So I had a quick meal of some prosciutto and melon in, in the dining area or the boardroom. I guess that's not disclosing any secrets. <laughs> and then I was. Uh, You're not a Russian asset, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not that I know of. I'm still waiting for my papers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So then they said, OK, well, first they gave me a tour. My, my host gave me a tour of the plane up and down all the way up into the flight control center. It was amazing. I'll bet. No, that was pretty awesome. If you like flying and if you like planes. Sure. So, you know, it's only a 20, 30 minute flight down to L.A. to where we went from Moffett Field. We were flying into LAX. Uh, anyway, it comes to. Yeah. OK, he's going to see you. Now, let's see what I could disclose without violating protocol here. They bring me into the flying Oval Office. The people who hosted me sat on a sofa. The king waved his hand to the left. There's a chair next to his desk. Didn't even look at me. Put his, waved his hand to the left, meaning sit there. <laughs> wow. Uh, he didn't say hello, Michael. He, he, he just said nothing. He pointed. I sat there. <laughs> he, he was like the principal, right? You called into the principal's office. Right. Sit there, basically, with the hand. Then he said something which I can't repeat, and um, I said, no, I disagree with you completely. And we had a little actual dispute. Truthfully, we, we did. Wow. Wow is right. Well, he's open to discussion. He wouldn't have had me there. Yeah, I suppose. Right, right. Okay, so I need to make a long story short. So this is a short flight. Valet comes in with his lunch. He had just given a tremendous speech. Uh, which were two hot dogs. I don't eat a lot of hot dogs, but when they're around me and I'm hungry, <laughs> he must have seen my eyes dart at the hot dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you're hungry, your eyes will dart at a piece of food. You're like a wild animal. Of course. <laughs> so he's so sensitive to people. He says, do you want one? I'm like, sure. All right. So he has the valet, signals valet, brings out dish. Valet spoons one onto my plate. The president, listen to this, show you how people don't understand this. He looks at me and he says, do you want mustard or ketchup, which was on his plate? <laughs> what? 
Even, yeah, the see, president of the United States is asking you yeah. if you want mustard or ketchup. That's what I'm trying to say. People don't understand this. You can tell more about a man by the small things than by the big things. Anyone can fake the big things. You can't fake the small things. He's actually a very generous, sensitive individual. You say, well, what the hell are you talking about? Mustard or ketchup? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, mustard or ketchup. I said, I don't eat sugar. So he gave me the, the mustard off his plate. It was a great hot dog. Uh, I hear it was kosher. Now, that's a, a loaded statement. I was told afterwards it was a kosher hot dog. So I joked on my radio show yesterday that Trump served kosher hot dogs on the airplane, which shows that he's anti-Semitic. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's to cover up the fact that he's anti-Semitic. He gets kosher hot dogs. Right. Leak that to the Washington Post. Right. He, he uses kosher hot dogs to disguise his membership in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> Michael Savage is on the line. An evening with Michael Savage will have uh, information on it. You can see it at Savage, uh, michaelsavage.com. Hey, listen, um, I was going to ask you about, you know, you've always been a proud and stubborn outsider. How do you resist the temptation to become an insider? But you just answer that. You sit on Air Force One and tell the president he's wrong. So we can move on from that topic to... Well, I didn't say you're wrong. Well, I did say you're wrong. I actually did say, no, you're wrong about something. Yeah, that's that's fair. Now that I think about it, that is my rhetoric, yes. Yeah. So, hey, listen, in the time we have left, uh, I, Joe, especially, have I've stopped using the term the homeless, and I'm using uh, bums and junkies. Because thank the, you. The thank folk, you. They the, are bums and junkies, and there's a nicer word, which is called vagrants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the folks who are down on their luck and trying hard and they got kids and blah, blah, blah. They're not causing any of these problems. The problems folks are talking about, especially in your progressive cities, are caused by bums and junkies. Reopen the mental hospitals. Reopen the mental hospitals. Build new hospitals. Build new mental hospitals. Get them off the streets. They're a disaster for our society. And let's be very, very clear. The violence has gotten out of control whether it's in San Francisco or New York City, pushing people onto railroad tracks, beating them up, hitting them with things. Even in San Francisco, you see these crazed bums walking around with golf clubs. This is not civil society. This is a breakdown of civil society brought about by uber-liberalism. Ultra-liberalism has destroyed our cities. Well, California has half the homeless population of the entire country and can't keep its electricity on, so that's not a good look. You were a bum who didn't work and you were a drug addict and you're collecting all of these wonderful benefits and you go around beating people up in the street and the cops can't arrest you and you get all the benefits and you got all these social workers getting on their hands and knees, giving you a turkey sandwich uh, and asking how you feel today, Mr. Jones. Wouldn't you come to California? Hell yeah, unless I went to Portland or Seattle. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, but the weather's not quite as good this time of year. Right, and they're likewise choked with bums and junkies. These are once the most beautiful cities in the country. Yep. Again, I say, let us say liberalism is a good idea for some. It has failed societies around the globe miserably. Well, all humanity needs balance in in all things, in my opinion. And and the politics of a lot of these cities have become completely unbalanced, and we've seen the results. An evening with Michael Savage, life as a conservative in San Francisco, is sold out. But you can view it online at michaelsavage.com. I'm sure you can find it there. If not, we'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com so you can find your way. Thank you for your time, Dr. Savage. I love you guys. I'd love to have you at an event next time, but you're too big for me now. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's all, always a pleasure. Michael, best of the family and, and be well. Thanks, guys. Great you, luck. You got it. Thanks. Good story about having a hot dog with the president. Savage. That was a lot of fun, actually, listening to it. It was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I'm going to be on my favorite morning show. I'm sorry to tell you that they're not my favorite. My favorite is the chaos of a morning show with my good pal, Brian Sussman. No, they're all great guys. It's in the same cluster. It's okay. And we're going to do that show uh, coming up on uh, tomorrow. Is that chaos of I don't know which day I'm doing it. Yeah, tomorrow. I do Newsmax on Monday. And then the show is Tuesday night. And I may take off a few days after that. I'm dying to get up to the cats to, <laughs> to the uh, to the mountains. I want to go up and see the Sierras before the snows come. I just want to smell autumn. I want to see the leaves, and I don't think I will. You know how many years have gone by since I've seen the snow? And I'm a man who used to love the snow. I just don't travel anymore. I'm a I'm a prisoner of radio. Maybe I should make that the title of my autobiography: a prisoner of the microphone. That wouldn't be bad. Back in a minute to be a prisoner with you. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. 
Today was a good day for me. My blood sugar has been stable. Uh, I'm eating a little bit more meat. I feel better. Yesterday was a bad day. I was dizzy after the show because I didn't eat enough meat. At this age, I'm still experimenting with my diet. I still have to come back to the basics that I'm uh, an omnivore. Can't do it any other way. My brain is too quick to live on fruits and nuts and grains. It just doesn't work. I need animals. Sorry, I need the animal. So I had some beef bourguignon from a great restaurant I go to. I should talk about them, but I won't because then you'll go there and I won't go there anymore. So I can't. It's like any club that would have me as a member I wouldn't join. It's the same thing. I, I don't want to tell you about the restaurant I go to that is the best beef bourguignon. But I took some home. It was really good. Let's go to michaelsavage.com in the waning minute of the Savage Nation. Let's see. State is now looking at a seven-year-old James Younger being transitioned to female by his mom. Big story. The mother is a pediatrician. She should be arrested and her medical license taken away from her for what she's doing to her son. And I am going to argue continuously there should be a minimum legal age for performing transgender surgery or transgender hormone treatments, which is age 18, where the child himself or herself can possibly know what they want. Seven, I'm sorry, they don't know what they want. That's the developing brain. Child brain is not as advanced as an adult brain. It doesn't know what it is or what it wants. Also on michaelsavage.com, UK doctor of 30 years loses job for refusing to use transgender patients' preferred pronoun. This is how sick socialist liberalism has become. There's a big difference between original and authentic, I would say Bertrand Russell-esque liberalism, which I grew up on, and the insane progressive liberalism of today, which is as far from liberalism as you can ever get. That's a nice definition I just gave you in the waning seconds of the show. The early days of liberalism made sense. The Bertrand Russell School of Tolerance made sense. But the progressive liberalism is that of fascism. Whether it came from the left or the right, it was fascism. And that's exactly why life in San Francisco has become almost unlivable. Savage to make rare public appearance life as a conservative liberal San Francisco. Yeah, I'll talk about that more maybe before and after it. And uh, you can then go to michaelsavage.com and check out everything that's on there. We had a great podcast yesterday, an interview with Senator Rand Paul, one of my most popular to date. He's a very rational, intelligent man. Made a lot of sense right on the show. In either case, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. And with God's will and your listenership, I shall return. The Westwood One Podcast Network.